What is up, mother flockers? It's your boy, Matt, with another Flock NFL podcast for the fans by the fan. Tonight, we are breaking down three games, two of our selection, one of yours. With me, as always, I have Massey. What's going on, flockers? And back, second week in a row, Mr. Chicago Bears fan himself, Guy Weaver. Say hello to the people, Guy. What's going on, everybody? And just so you know, the Bears are going to win every single game. Just going to put that out there now. The Bears. There you go. You heard it first from Hurricane Ditka. So tonight's (laughs) games, we will go into the Chargers-Steelers, which I desperately want to break down and enjoy the fan game of the week, which is the Houston Texans and Cleveland Browns getting a little love, finally not doing the Falcons or Cowboys. But first, Massey, would you like to start us off with the Minnesota Vikings at New England. New England is currently favored by six points with an over-under of 48 and a half. Yeah, this is going to be a pretty good game, I think. Uh, you got the, you know, the Vikings are playing good football. You know, they just came to coming off a big win over division rival with the Packers. Um, New England's kind of up and down, you know. You never know what team New England's what New England team's going to show up. You know, they, they got killed by the Titans, you know, and then they didn't look too great at, uh, against the Jets last week. It's in New England. They play really good at New England. I'm just – I'm wondering – in New England. Yeah, they play good in New England, and they struggle on the road. <laughs> but I'm really, I'm really wondering what, how Brady's going to look against this Vikings defense. All right. I, I I just don't see how you see anybody going into Foxborough in the month of December or month end of November, month of December, actually winning a game. Um, Tom Brady and the Patriots have owned the month of December, let alone at home. Um, I think Brady has more wins in December than he does in any other month. They've went undefeated in the month of December, I want to say six or seven times in his career. Um, the Vikings aren't looking bad. You got Kevin or Kevin Kirk Cousins throwing the ball around pretty well. Dalvin Cook looked really good last week. Uh, I think New England is very susceptible to um, that scat back type setup uh, mm-hmm. with their defense. Um, I just have a tough time picking anybody in Foxborough in the month of December over Brady and Belichick. I just don't. I, my money's all on the Patriots this weekend. I think they cover the points. I think it's going to be an easier win for them than than you're thinking. Yeah, I can understand that. And Patriots teams of old, as you're talking about, have been phenomenal in December. As you said, Brady has more wins in that month than any other month. Um, They've gone undefeated in it several times. This is typically when the Patriots get hot. With that said, though, I think that this is the worst Patriots team that I've seen in a long time. I, I think that they've been pretty bad they're not their regular themselves Gronk has two touchdowns on the year one last week and one in the first week of the season Edelman hasn't gotten going yet uh Chris Hogan has gone absolutely ghost and they who Chris Hogan yeah yeah exactly <laughs> he's dead you're talking to a ghost like that's Chris Hogan right now um James White has been holding it down the fort. Sonny Mitchell has looked very good when he has played. He just got back last week. They activated Rex Burkhead from the depth chart this week. 
but I really expect that defensive line to give them absolute fits. Daniel Hunter has the second most sacks in the league right now. He's tied for second at least with 11 and a half sacks. Sheldon Richardson is just a beat. And most of all, hey, Massey, who was your best safety coming into the season? Harrison Smith. Harrison Smith is quarterbacking that defense. I think it's more on the quarterback on the defense for the Vikings than it is for the quarterback for the offense. This Patriots team, as we said, has struggled a bit the last few weeks, and the Vikings team is coming on at the right time. Hey, Matt, you, what has always been the way to beat the Patriots and, and Tom Brady? Knock the shit out of them. Yeah, get after Brady. Go get pressure on Brady. That's his. I mean, that's a weakness of pretty much almost all quarterbacks. You get pressure and you're in their face and they're, they're going to struggle. Most quarterbacks. Brady has been notorious for struggling when he's not protected and he doesn't have a clean pocket. Yeah, and this really, Vikings team can get after uh, quarterbacks. Uh, see, I, this year I'll, I'll side with you on that. I think that he has done a lot worse against pressure in the blitz than he ever has in the past. But at the same time, when you think you have the blueprint against him, like you have in the past with blitzing, he turns around that next week and dices you when you try to do it. Um, you touched on Harrison Smith. Harrison Smith's great in that back end, but where's everybody else? Yeah, they got injuries, else? yeah. I, I, don't, I don't see Rhodes showing up back there or anything He else. got injured last week, and, so he's going like to miss. miss this week. Well, exactly. So, like you already touched about, though, this is when the Patriots turn it on. We talked about them last year, and we talked about them the year before, starting out slow. First half of the season, they didn't look like the Patriots of old. Is this the end of Tom Brady? I've been saying it this year. December at Foxborough. There's just no way. Until they prove to me, they've, they've, they've got the benefit of the doubt. Until they prove to me that they can't do it anymore, my money's on them. And I absolutely understand that. I think this is the week they prove it. I don't know that the Vikings win this game. They needed to keep pace in that wild card, but I think the Vikings take those six points, and I think they cover. Massey? Yeah, I'm going to go Vikings at plus six. I think I think even if they lose, it might come down to like a, a missed field goal because that seems to be the Vikings' mo the last few years. But uh, I think I think they'll I, I'll, I'll I'll take the plus six on them. Okay, well there you have it. Old guard Massey and I are taking the points, and Guy Weaver's taking that home favorite. That brings us to the lock of the week, Massey. Who's your lock of the week this week? My lock of the week this week is actually a guy we talked about on last episode. Andrew Luck is playing great football right now. The Colts are on fire. They've won five in a row. And you know what? I think they're going to continue that streak. And I think the uh, the Colts are going to win. They are currently favored minus four. So give me the Colts this week, and they will be playing. Sorry about that. I just I just lost it. Oh, the Colts over the Jaguars. Uh, Jacksonville's not playing very good. Colts uh, on the road minus four. Give me the give me the Colts in that game. Okay, uh, completely understood. And we got to remind everyone that the Jaguars are not starting Blake Bortles in that game. They are starting Cody Kessler. 1-12 on his starting career, and the one win, he only attempted three passes in that game. Yeah, take that pick to Vegas. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, we're allowed to copy your lock of the week if we want, right? <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> Everybody okay. out there is. Just making sure. Well, guy, that brings us to our next game. The Pittsburgh Steelers are favored by three and a half points at home over the La Chargers. Over under is 51 and a half points. Weaver, what are your thoughts on this game? They cover the points. There's no way that they don't top that over. I just don't. With these two offenses, Pittsburgh's defense is hit or miss every single week. Uh, Watts injured. They're not going to have the pressure to put on uh, Phillip Rivers. Rivers is going to dice him up. The only thing with L.A., we know it, and my, all my fantasy teams know it, is Melvin Gordon is out with an MCL spring. Act in and be the number one in that backfield. He does a great job in a complimentary role. Great pass catching. In the game in the game that he started when Melvin Gordon was out a few weeks ago, he didn't look that great catching or that great running. It's like he does much better when he comes in as that change of pace with fresh legs. But running him the whole game with pass pro and everything else, he's just not that uh, bruiser that you get with Melvin Gordon. You still got Keenan Allen on the outside. Mike Williams has really stepped up the last few weeks with, with his big play, touchdown plays. Um, and that defense is holding their own in some respects. I don't think that they're going to be able to hold back Antonio Brown, Juju, and James Conner. Um, I really think that offense is going to come down to um, how well those those pieces work together, how well Big Ben can actually connect with A.B. this week. Um, but I see it being a shootout. Not quite on the level of Kansas City, L.A. that we saw a few weeks ago with the Rams, but I can absolutely see this being a big play game. Um, with that being said, uh, Pittsburgh, I think, has too many weapons to be able to stop uh, Philip Rivers. Um, his weapons just are a little bit decimated. Keenan Allen's been facing the drops lately. Not having Melvin Gordon is going to be huge for that offense, even though they lose him at this time every year. Um, I just I think that Pittsburgh Steelers are going to top them. I, I, I see them beating the spread. They're going to wind up whooping them by at least a touchdown. But it's, I see a high-scoring game. I see this being a, a 40s to 30s game. Hmm. Massey, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I got to agree that I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Um, both offenses are very good. Uh, both offenses have a ton of weapons. Melvin Gordon being out is huge. There's a lot of questions on why Melvin Gordon was even in that game against Arizona. They didn't need him to beat Arizona. He was, he was. They knew I had him in DraftKings. Yeah, they, he he was he was <laughs> he went into the game questionable. There's no reason to play him in there. And then why, when you're up by like 20 points, are you running a double reverse to him? Like it just it didn't make sense. But that's a big loss. But you know what? It is a loss. But Eckler, Eckler, I know he, he he's a good complimentary back. He's a good change of back, good pass catcher. He didn't play well that well, like uh, Guy said in his his action when he he started. But you know what? Justin Jackson came in last week in relief, and Justin Jackson actually looked really good. I know it was against Arizona, but Pittsburgh doesn't have exactly have a great defense either. So I'm I'm interested to see what Jackson does. But I'm just like. What Philip Rivers did last week, I just think he's going to continue over. You guys got to remember, he completed his NFL record first 25 passes in that game. He finished the game 28 for 29. Insane. Just diced up Arizona. He's Philip Rivers is on top of his game right now, and he's playing almost as good as anybody. Yeah, and that's what it comes down to for me in this matchup. This is the matchup 
of the 2004 quarterback class. These are the two best quarterbacks to come out of the 2004 draft class. Yes, for everyone yelling at me that Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer in the Flock NFL Facebook group. Hanny Flores, I'm talking to you. Take off your bias-ass Giants (laughs) glasses and look at the numbers. Eli is not that good. Shit, look at this year. Eli is falling off a cliff. Big Ben is doing okay. And Phillip Rivers is playing like he's one of the top four or five QBs in the league right now. As Massey said earlier, he went 28 of 29 last week. This guy has lost nothing. He has several weapons. The pass catchers are stepping up. But most importantly, while the Steelers' defense, I don't think, can keep up with the Chargers' offense, I think that Chargers' defense is getting hot at the right time. Joey Bosa mm-hmm. came back last week, looked pretty good. He's going to be a big was factor. Wrong. Yeah. And um, Derwin James, arguably the defensive rookie in, of the year. I know Tampa Bay fans are p- pissed that they got beat of A and they passed on Derwin James. <laughs> uh, but I just think that Chargers eat defense is going to give Big Ben fits. And if you saw last week, Big Ben can definitely win you some games. Don't get me wrong. But he lost his team that game. Oh, he yeah. got them down to the O-line, and he threw a pick to a defensive tackle. It's not like it was a guy with hands. He threw a pick to a defensive tackle. It's just poor decision-making. I was going to say, tossed it right to him. It was was the softest pass I've ever seen in my life. And and the worst part is, if you watch the replay, he was thrown into Antonio Brown. He He was absolutely blanketed it. If that defensive tackle wouldn't have picked it, Chris Harris, who was one-on-one on Antonio Brown, would have picked it. There was two guys who was going to catch that, not named Antonio Brown. He was fixated on him. So that poor decision-making, I think, is going to cost the Steelers in this one. I'm I'm not taking the points. I'd take the Chargers minus three on this game. That's how confident I am that they're going to win this. I think they're a Super Bowl contender. And honestly, I think that the Chargers are – Second, maybe third best team in that AFC right now. I take the Chargers at minus three and a half as well. I think the Chargers are going to beat them. Yeah. Once again, <laughs> old school versus new school. Pittsburgh <laughs> okay. all the way. Hey, nothing wrong with that, man. We're we're, we're here. We are not here to agree. Um, I guys, <laughs> can you guest host next week so I can rub this in your face though? <laughs> I'd appreciate that very much. But guy, if I have, are you ready to do your lock of the week? So I'm going to actually go, I, and I'm saving, I'm saving something for a bold prediction. So we're not going to go there right now. Huh? I'm actually going to go. My lock of the week is Seattle over San Francisco. Hmm. Uh, Seattle's, I, I think, an eight-point favorite over San Francisco. I, I don't even see how it winds up being close to an eight-point game. If this game isn't in double digits, I would be shocked. Uh, Mullins is looking bad. He had one good week. Looks like they're going to try and stick with him one more week. I can see a change in quarterback by second uh, quarter to back to Beathard. Um, but I, I just don't think it's close. Seattle's offense has really been kicking that run game with Carson. Um, Lockett has looked amazing all year. I think he's been one of the most underrated wide receivers in the game this season. 
Um, I think he's got eight or nine touchdowns on the year. He's just looking phenomenal. He really is. Uh, Russell Wilson is at the peak of his game running all around. Uh, Seattle's – San Francisco's got no chance in this game, no chance at all. I see it being at least a two-point – a two-touchdown differential by the end of it. Seattle's going to walk away with this one easily. Mm-hmm. Well, there we go. Thank you, Guy. And that brings us to the fan game of the week. Cleveland Browns have been in the meet. Great game. Thank you, fans, for not picking the Falcons and Cowboys. Let me reiterate. Thank you. I'll let you know this, though. Next week, we will cover the Cowboys, Eagles, and one of the podcast hosts will cry the week after. <laughs> uh, but Cleveland Browns, Houston Texans. Texans. Texans are favored by six points right now over under a 48. Massey, what are your thoughts on this game? Well, my thoughts on this game is we're finally going to get to see Baker Mayfield in this new offense against a good defense. You know, everybody's talking about how great um, Baker Mayfield's playing since Hugh Jackson left, and, you know, he is. I'm not going to say he's not playing great, but he's played two of the absolute worst defenses in the league. So I want to see him against a good defense. What is this new – well, how is this new Browns offense going to look against a new uh, actual good defense when they're actually going to get pressure, you know, Merciless and Watt coming off the edges, a clowny coming off the edge. You know, this they're they're gonna put pressure on Baker and we're we get we're get to we get to see how Baker's gonna react to this. It's gonna be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Guy, what do you think? So I think these are two of the hottest teams in the NFL right now. And I know that's a joke when we're talking about the Browns. We can go ahead and laugh. The Texans absolutely the winners of what is it, eight straight now? Yep. Nine straight? Eight straight, right? They're eight and three. Started out 0 and three. Only team to win eight in a row after starting the season 0 and three. Incredible. Yeah. The team is winning as a team. It's not just the run game. It's not just the pass game. It's not just the defense. They are all three uh, really working well together. Special teams is looking good. Fairbairn's hitting everything he needs to. It's been great to watch them. Um, then you got Baker Mayfield. Ever since Hugh Jackson left, that offense has gotten creative. He's been let out of his shell. You got Chubb starting in that backfield. He is phenomenal in that backfield. Something about those Georgia boys, I'm telling you. Um, But, you know, that that offense is really clicking. And don't forget what they have on defense with Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward. The key matchup I'm really intrigued to watch is Denzel versus uh, DeAndre. And that's because, you know, Hopkins doesn't get shut down. Hopkins can go up against the best of the best, and somehow he still turns into this contortionist making – but I want to see this rookie go up against them. That rookie has been great to watch this mm-hmm. year. Their defense has played outstanding. Greg Williams is getting the absolute most out of that team. First time in 63 games, I believe it is, that the Browns have won back-to-back games. I'm going to go even further and say that they're going to win this. Wow. I can carry his offense. offense. Don't, forget, don't sleep on the Browns' defense now. DeAndre, uh, Deshaun Watson has been great this year, but has ha- been very inconsistent as well. He has had some bad games against good defenses, and the Browns have a good defense to bring to the table as well as the Texans. I think Baker may improvisational skills in his arsenal. I think Nick Chubb isn't going to be stopped by any one of these defenses this year. Um, I, I really think the Browns may from him and go back to back to back for the first time in probably team history. I don't know. I have to look it up. But – <laughs> it, it, it it might be first time in their new team history. I will say at least that um, the matchup that you briefly mentioned that I'm most intrigued about is Miles Garrett against this really bad Texans offensive line. 
Uh, Deshaun Watson has made them look good with his improvisational ability, his ability to scramble. But Deshaun Watson is taking so many hits right now. Some of them sacks, some of them avoidable, some of them unavoidable. It's just hit after hit. And watching the last few weeks, and Massey, I I know you're going to cringe when I ask you this. Who would you rather have for the rest of their career, Baker Mayfield or Deshaun Watson? Uh, I would go Deshaun Watson. Okay. Uh, just, just personal. I think Deshaun Watson has a bigger arm. He has a, he's more mobile. Um, I think you give him a better offensive line. Deshaun Watson could do a lot, a lot more. Uh, we saw last year what he could do. Um, and I, I would take Watson. Guy, who would you take? I would usually take Watson. I would, I would usually take Watson. I think Watson be in this league. And he is still, but he's like you said, and a lot of those hits he's taking in the pocket, he's just surrendering. Yeah, having too many. This is the third, what, second or third time to that, and the second time to that knee. Um, that I, I just don't think he has the full confidence yet in his mobility that he's not using it as much as he mm-hmm. should be. That knee scares me. And unless he can kind of manage his ability to scramble, um, like Russell Wilson did eventually, and turn it in, I don't think he's going to last too long at an elite level in this league. Take me, give me Baker in this. Mm. I'm I'm buying the hype. I like the cocky guy. Yeah, I don't like uh, that at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I know you don't like that. Who do you like in this game, Massey? I I I like the uh, Houston Texans, and I like the Houston Texans to run away with it. I think Houston Texans is going to win by two touchdowns at least. Well, I'm going to side with Guy on this one, and I am going to go with the Cleveland Browns. Call it a hunch. Call it the fact that I think that the Texans are just in for a loss after winning eight straight and all the hype coming off of a short week. You just want me to eat crow from my rant last episode. A little bit. That'd be fun too. (laughs) So, oh, and um, unfortunately guy has had some technical difficulties. He dropped the call. So I'm going to run through the end of this with Massey, but I will make guys bold prediction for him. Massey, you ready? I'm ready. He contacted me on this. He said that his bold prediction is that the Chicago Bears are going to lose by two touchdowns to the New York Giants. Is that really his bold prediction? Guy Weaver called it, man. Wow. I wonder why. He he just texted me. He just texted me. Um, that is wrong. He thinks that Eddie Jackson has three pick sixes against Eli Manning. That's not a bold <laughs> prediction. That is a drunk predict- prediction. I'm sorry. <laughs> he can be good and he can do well, but he ain't getting three pick sixes. I yeah. think that would. Jeez. I mean, I don't want to speak out of turn but I'm guessing that's never been done in NFL history. I don't think so. I, I mean, we, we're going to have to check our 
with our statisticians on that, but I don't think it's been. I don't think I'm gonna have to Google happen. ten minutes to find that one out. <laughs> uh, but that actually brings me to my lock of the week, uh, Ray Stone, R.I.P. My man, Denver Broncos favored by four and a half, looking good against Steelers, playing a Bengals team without Andy Dalton. A.J. Green says he's going to play, but how limited is he going to be? I don't know. Give me the Broncos. Something I never thought I'd say. Yeah. So, Massey, we lock of the week. We hold guys bold prediction. What's your bold prediction? You're going to like my bold prediction, I think. Well, maybe not. My bold prediction is that the Dallas Cowboys defense – holds Drew Brees to under 300 yards passing. Why would I like that? I think everybody likes that. I think no one likes <laughs> that. I think like you, Aaron Thacker, and Dustin Johns, and Dale Boyd, and Sandra like that, the Cowboys fans in the group. Hey, your boy Rick likes it. I, I don't know who you speak of. I have <laughs> no boy named Rick. Um. Uh, <laughs> Uh, rough rough so time for my bold prediction here it is I think that the Jaguars actually admit a mistake right now to play quarterback next year Blake Bortles will be a 21 million dollar cap hit if they cut him it's a 16 million dollar cap hit of dead money something that just doesn't happen these days in the NFL I think if they're turning it over to a 1 in 12 QB Blake Bortles can't show his face in that locker room again. I think Bortles is going to be cut in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Now, I know we can't sit, track that next week, but I'll take my points in the offseason when he gets it. All right. I can see that. It's going to happen. So, what's your upset of the week, Massey? I think you know what my upset um, having gone off my uh... – Bold prediction. I am actually taking the Dallas Cowboys at plus seven and a half over them Saints. I'm taking the Dallas Cowboys in my upset uh, of the week. Current line is plus seven. I have it in front of me. You do not get the half point. Well, there was a half point when I looked at it yesterday. So, but uh, okay, seven not is fine. Yesterday, money has moved. We use sports line. <laughs> fine. So I'll take the plus seven. That's fine. Okay. And uh, give me the Dallas Cowboys. You know you're gonna be so pissed at me when that's the difference in the game. <laughs> Just like, absolutely. I know that would that would be awful. Uh. My upset, because I think they win outright. I, I'm doubling down. I'm taking the Minnesota Vikings, getting five points against New England. I just – I think that's a bad matchup. Yeah, there you go. So, that is what I am going with. That brings us to our final segment of the night. Massey, what you talking about? What I'm talking about is – a guy we talked about earlier in this uh, podcast, the guy on the team you just mentioned and you're upset, Harrison Smith. Bill Belichick this week was asked about Harrison Smith, 
And I think he gave Harrison Smith about the highest praise you could ever give a player at the safety position. And when he said when he what he said about Harrison Smith is he said he is a he is just like Eric Reed and Troy Polamalu, two of the greatest safeties to ever play the game of football. He just compared Harrison Smith to. So that is the utmost respect for Harrison Smith from Bill Belichick. I like it. I like it because I agree. Matt, what you talking about? You know, I, I have to agree with you there. Um, the only guy I've ever heard him praise over and over and over again, like to the point where he was practically begging to be on his team, was Ed Reed of the Ravens. He just loved the way that man played safety. Um, what I'm talking about, though, is Cliff Kingsbury right now. Former Texas Tech coach. And Patrick Mahomes is saying that this man will thrive in the NFL. Right now, his phone is ringing, ringing, ringing. It is going to be an arms race to get this guy. Mm -hmm. I know Massey is hoping that Jason Garrett signs the John Gruden deal for 10 years, $10 million, and brings Kingsbury with him. That way he doesn't have to leave Texas. Uh, I think he's going to go to the NFL and... I think he's going to succeed and do well. I really I do. I, I'd love to see him go to like the Jacksonville Jaguars and them draft a new QB. I think he's a great offensive coordinator. I think he's he's a great quarterback. He has a great quarterback mind. He can develop. He can develop quarterbacks. Two of his guys, Baker Mayfield and Patrick Mahomes. I know he's only had Baker Mayfield for one year, but he still helped him out and went, before he went to Oklahoma. But I mean, he does wonders for quarterbacks. He's a good, off, great offensive mind, great play caller. Not as great as a team manager in a head coaching role. But when he's developing players and coaching and calling plays, that guy he he knows what he's doing. Yeah, there you go. Well, Flockers, guest host Guy Weaver, Ray Stone. We appreciate everyone listening. You can catch us on the Flock NFL podcast on iTunes, Stitcher. Spotify, Google Play, everywhere else. Debate with us on the Flock NFL Facebook group. We enjoy the listens. Download, pass us on to your friends. All the love is very appreciated. Massey, say goodnight. Deuces, Flockers. Guy, tell me the Chicago Bears suck. Uh, the Chicago Bears suck. Thank you, Guy. <laughs> I appreciate that. And with that, we bid you adieu. Peace out, Mother Flockers!